Oh. Fall off in this bitch. I fall off in this bitch. I do not do percent. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. That's that two chains. That shit hard, bro. I got to hear that song again. My Mighty Lick? Yeah, because I heard it on the clip that LeBron did. Oh, uh, see, I and didn't. Yeah. I was watching it, and I was like, I don't feel like nah. it's that hard. Nah. I don't like that he did that because, like, I don't know. I feel like to the niggas that really are into the art, mm-hmm. you're, like, taking away that moment from them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To where, like, this is the first time I heard a song. I, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. You know, because even K down <laughs> on that uh, on that verse, man, he had, like, a whole nother cadence. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I've never heard him on that flow. Yeah, me either. And the way me he either. did it too, like the way he like put it together, I thought was just so hard. So I don't, I don't know. I don't like the fact that he did that, but it is what it is. Oh, yeah. But it brings so much attention to the it album. Bring, so right. I know, I get it. It was, a, it was a business. Move, I get I it. He should have just did two chains, though, not K. Yeah, he shouldn't show a feature. He should show the nah, artist. Yeah. Because that's that's special. Yeah. It's not like we get more K. Dot throughout the album. It's yeah. Just that and he's, and K. Dot don't do features. Yeah. So that's kind of. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Here we are, man. Yo, welcome to another episode of Helping Homies Win, the podcast. Tools for Lifting a Generation. I am Antonio J. Bell. It's your homie, T. Ross. What's we live, with? baby. We live, baby, yeah. What's good with you, bro? How I'm you chilling, feeling? man. I'm chilling. I'm like mad relaxed. Oh, so we were talking about, before we started rolling, we are talking about CBD oil. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so of course, I, I only only try stuff in states where it's legal. Okay. But because um, I'm a good, upstanding citizen. Um, but I tried out some CBD oil. And uh, I've never tried it before because I'm trying to find if I have a healthy relationship with anything marijuana. Because we talked about, okay. like, our <laughs> trips before, right? Yeah. So I tried the oil out, and it was interesting, bro, because, like, it doesn't have the psychoactive effects that weed does. So right? you don't get high? No. <laughs> no. Um, so the, one I had, the oil I have has THC in it, too. Okay. However, again, there are no psychoactive effects mm. so far. So but every time I take it out, I, I just go to sleep. Like, I take it. I get dummy relaxed yeah. and then I pass out and I sleep good. I don't understand. So and you, I wake so up more tired. You experience the symptoms, not the symptoms, but the you still experience what you would experience if you were high without feeling high. Nah, I don't know. I can't. It's, it's hard to explain. Like the only way to explain it is there are no psychoactive effects. So if, as far as like, you know, crazy creativity and your imagination going mm-hmm. insane and like even paranoia, all of that stuff that goes on in your head, you don't mm-hmm. you don't have that. So what's the purpose? Like what what is it for? To relax you. You know what oh, I'm saying? Wow. Cause I mean, even here, like you know, if so you wa- how do you how do you take oil though? I don't understand. It's like, bro, it's you like uh, take you take drops, like yeah. Oh God. Oh. That just I felt like you was at the gas station pump with the pump in the car still, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to leave. Trying so to it's leave like a, it's a little dropper, bro. Like they've got teas with it now too, where like <clears throat> you can um like at certain coffee shops. <laughs> it's just dab company. Oh, that's what it said. Certain coffee shops you can put it in your teas or your coffee. You know what I'm saying? That's interesting. So this is 350 milligrams of uh, CBD, 150 milligrams of THC. Um, but yeah, man, it's, um, it says a cannabis-infused tincture. Oh, zen. So there's different Central types. oil enhanced natural mood stable. Yes. Okay. This one is like this one is also to like chill you out. It's called Zen. I feel that. You know what I'm saying? I feel that. So it's just like the tea dropper. You can put it in your teas, coffees. 2019, uh, crazy, bro. bro. Take it straight up. Um, but yeah, it's just, bro, for me, it just relaxed the hell out of me, put me to sleep. Yeah. And then I was like, even today, like, I feel like really relaxed. It's like your day quill. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's bro, like day quill. Bro, yeah. it felt like Benadryl. You know, you take Benadryl. No, nah, I've never had, I don't, I don't take stuff. <sighs> I don't take pills or anything. Well, I mean, so Benadryl, they have it in liquid too. Mm-hmm. Like if you have an allergic reaction, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I have allergies mm-hmm. and I'm allergic to stuff. So if I have anything that's like a tree nut or if I have wheat before I work out, mm-hmm. I get anaphylaxis. So I'll take Benadryl. I don't know what that means. It's just an allergic reaction. Okay, it's okay. a big word for yeah. that. 
um, but I take Benadryl and mm. then that'll like calm you out. And that, that nigga, that puts you to sleep, bro. Oh wow! Like Benadryl, yeah. like you're not supposed to drive on that. Yeah. So it, oh, it feels, that, yeah. it feels just like had I taken Benadryl. That's what's up. Yeah, man. That's next level right there. So you want yeah, some, man. Some Zen chilling. Yeah, but I mean, so you even hear about kids that have like seizures. Mm -hmm. They uh. They they give CBD oil. CBD oil. Okay. To their kids. Okay. I, th I think I've heard of that. So yeah. You saying that it's like bringing like. Yeah. Okay. Some recollection. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah. That's so what's it's up, uh, bro. It's wild, bro. How my levels looking, bro? I can't see. Your levels is good, bro. Okay, bro. You solid. I hey, so what we? So how are you, bro? My bad. What's happening? Um, man, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. Just finished my uh, <laughs> first half of spring at school. Okay. Um, still got some work to to submit, but um, I've been good. I've yeah. been doing well. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm a I'm a little bit more consistent in my internal thoughts and feelings. Okay. As far as like not being too quick to be moved by like outside circumstances, so I feel like I'm a lot more like level yeah. internally within myself as far yeah. as like, anxiety stuff we've talked about in the past. Yeah, yeah. I'm a lot more um honest with my anxiety a lot more honest with my frustrations to not so much try and fix it right away but just embrace it and be like okay this is the moment now has that been a change just <coughs> in your own relationship to yourself or has that been something that you've been doing no it's a change in relationship with myself okay. for sure yeah, like yeah. A, it's a different sense of awareness yeah. i watched i forgot what i was watching yesterday but it was something on netflix and the dude was like okay this is scary, but this is normal. I'm on stage. <laughs> You're supposed to be scared a little bit. These are yeah. this isn't abnormal. Yeah. It's just nerves. You'll get over it. Like out loud he's saying it. Yeah. And I was like, that's so funny. That's dope. Because that's almost the feeling. Like, okay, I have anxiety right now. Okay, I'm thinking about this assignment. Nope, but right now I'm at work. Mm. So I need to be focused on work. Yeah. I can think about this maybe when I get off. And I can just let the thought go by and just focus on it. I still haven't done my uh my meditation. Bro, I haven't either. I feel bad because, feel like, bad. <laughs> bro, <laughs> bro, I had, this is going to definitely come out earlier than that episode, but yeah. you guys are going to hear in a later episode, we have, like, I have my whole rant about Headspace, and I'm encouraging everybody to do it, bro. I have not meditated once, not once, bro, since I've done that. <laughs> That's funny. Part of it is, like, an experiment for me because I'm trying to see, like, what I've, no what I'm, I'm starting to notice the benefits to having meditated because... I've got this like overarching sense of like awareness still having not done it in so long. Yes. So now I'm like getting able to see like, oh, well, this actually did change me mm -hmm. because I'm still good, even though I haven't done it, you know, at all this yeah. past week. You still have the skills like, like yeah. you still have the, yeah. the focus. I feel that. Yeah. Like it's I still there, but I, I do feel bad. It's like I'm going to hit all y'all like next week or something. Like, hey, yo, I'm trash. But yo, did y'all try? <laughs> <laughs> did y'all do it or no? You know, but um, <clears throat> no, I hear you, bro. I hear you. Yeah. That's a good place to be in, though. Yeah, it's a solid place, bro. It doesn't mean, like, life is all perfect and dandelions. I don't yeah. know how perfect dandelions are, but um, I feel I feel peace. You know what I'm saying? And to me, that that's that's all I need at the end of the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Life is going to happen, but I feel peace for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we, we, we got on video, bro. Like, I don't know <laughs> if we're supposed to be talking to the camera. Nah, I think we just leave the camera alone, bro. <laughs> just don't even just, act like it's we there. we cut in when we want to, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you said that. I, I totally forgot that yeah. the camera's rolling. I just thought about it just now because I kept looking at the, the, the recorder. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so look. So those of y'all listening, um, we're moving into some different stuff. Um, I want I want to give a shout out, too, to those of you that have hit us with feedback. Like, we've legit got, like, complete, like, uh, what do you call it? A, a, is it dissertary? 
Not dissertation. Dissertations. We've yeah. Gotten hella we've dissertations. got hella dissertations. We got dissertations from some of y'all about like just how to make the podcast better and what you guys would like to see. And um, we want you to know that we hear you. We definitely <laughs> hear you. <laughs> but now nah, we're like moving into different stuff, man. We're moving into video. So um, in the next couple of months, you know, really soon, we'll probably, you know, make the announcement. But we'll have some video coming for you guys, um, some nice um, episodes. And I believe the first maybe six episodes are going to be featuring women. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of the big notes we've gotten is that <laughs> uh, the ladies want to hear more from, from their homies and homegirls. So we've got some episodes coming up featuring women, getting, you know, their spin on it. And just so people understand, too, like, when we introduce um, any of our homies, like the first episode is normally like just to let you know who they are mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about our relationship, their journey, get you introduced to them. And then after they're introduced, then we want to start getting into more like topics and, and actually covering things after you get an idea of who these people are. Yeah, that's important. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming uh, this year, live events. Um, so those of you that are rocking with us, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I know sometimes there are gaps between episodes. We're working it out. Um, we both got crazy schedules, and we're also trying to figure out how to roll out everything because we're doing, we're doing a lot at once, and we're not really planning the way that we should. But that's not just, at all. That just is what it is. Mm-hmm. But we're figuring it out. Uh, thank you for rocking with us, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, I'm excited about today's episode, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so the homie Tony he hit me. I know we were we were here. We were like we were just chopping. No, we were here. I think you just got back. I like literally just finished the article. I think. Okay. Yeah. So, first of all, the homie Tony's been on me about reading these Mark Manson articles. If you don't know who Mark Manson is, he is the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, and the author of Everything is Fucked, which is coming out that's coming out in a right? couple months. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also helping Will Smith with his book. Crazy. Um, just a really great, insightful dude. Um, he's a copywriter, so he's just great with his words. What? He's a copywriter. A copywriter is like <laughs> a professional writer for like oh. brands and companies. I'm really I'm on my copywriter kick. Okay. Like I've been researching. But no, it. when you when you said that, I thought you meant like a plagiarizer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, wait, what? He's a copycat. He be you know no 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 no. He's a copywriter. <laughs> so like basically his his approach is very conversational. Mm. So it's very easy to read, really mm. easy to understand. Um, it resonates with whoever you are, no matter your level of education, no matter your expertise in the field he's talking about, he makes it so that it's easy to digest. Yeah. And like, I really, really appreciate that. So it's been a real joy, like finally taking the time to read those articles that you've been sending me. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, you read so, multiple. I mean, yeah, I read, I read multiple. Okay. I read multiple. Um, yeah, it's dope. It's dope. So you, you approached me about, you know, of course we need to hop on and do some episodes of our own yeah. solo. Um, well, just you and I, without the guests. And you mentioned pornography mm-hmm. being one of them, you know. And I just knew immediately, like, that's all the title needs to be, pornography. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of, like, the celibacy episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, pornography is something that oftentimes we don't talk about. And, you know, you had talked we about We never the talk about. We never talk about, ever. I can't name one. Con- I mean, outside, we, we've had a conversation Yeah, we've had conversations. It, we on some other shit. But I've never had a conversation <laughs> with, like, anybody about pornography. Yeah. And not in a constructive manner. Not at all. You know, it's it's super taboo. Yeah. I read a funny meme, bro. And it said, isn't it crazy how the most taboo things in life are about the human anatomy? Mm -hmm. But yet we watch things of violence, of killing. Mm -hmm. But Lord forbid there be a nipple on TV and everybody (laughs) loses their mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we are. are We're just so twisted in some Mm -hmm. crazy way, shape or fashion. Um, You know, but when you introduce the idea of pornography and the article itself, you know, you had sent it to me and I you know, finally have read it since then. But I just knew we're going to kind of dive deep into like 
the way it impacts the way we deal with ourselves, deal with people. Um, but then I started to think about my journey and how I was introduced to it. And then, you know, you start to share a little bit about how you were introduced and just those ideas and concepts. I'm like, yo, this is really, really important for us to share. You know, um, I just want to say sorry to my mama ahead of time because I know <laughs> she mom listens. listens to my mom listens. Yo, bro. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. So, mama, um, I'm not going to say names because I don't need you to hit nobody up about nothing. <laughs> I love you, though. <laughs> Thanks, mama. That's real. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so like, like T's talking about. So I, um, I stumbled across this article. Um, Pornography Can Ruin Your Sex Life, written by Mark Manson, March 26, 2012. It's a very short article, oh, wow. um, a seven-minute read. Yeah, you didn't realize it was- I didn't realize yeah. it was so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, wow. this is before his uh, his book, I think. Okay. So, um, so yeah, man, I was- um, The article kind of found me, because I was on Twitter, and I want to say he tweeted about the article, and there was a video uh, to a YouTube link, or- it was actually no, I think it was something. Actually, I found it uh, differently. Somebody else tweeted some other shit having to do with like pornography or your sex life or something, right? And it was on uh, Twitter, and I, I clicked the link, and then it led me to um, a video where he is like he has his uh, his article narrated. So I, I ended up clicking on that, and I watched both of them actually. And then I looked at the article, and I'm like, yo, I actually stopped watching it because I want to read it. So I read the article, and I was just shocked to see the um, the um, not the dialogue, but just the content and the way he described and what he was talking about and everything like that. And just led me to think like, we don't often have these conversations. And it also led me to investigate how pornography is affecting me. So, in reading the investigate article. Investigate how pornography is affecting you. Yeah. Ooh. Has affected me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we talked briefly on the podcast. Um, we talked briefly on the, po- uh, on the, yeah, on the podcast about, you know, my relationship to pornography growing up um i'm sorry i uh, want our next uh jamal just texted okay because he's pulling up he's like he's in the area okay for sure, for um, sure, for sure. do i tell him to pull up now or should i just tell him to kick it he can pull up bro he can chill yeah for sure you could maybe hop on yeah we here we are this is live <laughs> we live baby. <laughs> we live baby <laughs> um but yeah so you know just trying to investigate how that how it's affecting me so Read, I read this article and then like immediately I'm like, yo, I hit the homie. I'm like, we got to definitely get into this um, and talk about it. But anyway, for for those of you that are interested in the article, um, go to markmanson.net and look at his articles. And um, yeah, it's a lot of information in there. And this is a great article, but this is pretty much what we're going to be talking about today is just um, our relationships to pornography, how it's changed our brain, how it's um, impacted culture, mm-hmm. how it relates to, you know, social media, mm, um, and how that that's part. impacting us, and, and the whole nine. Um, but yeah, I'm actually really excited about this conversation, to be real. Ooh. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to start, bro, like, pornography, like, when can you think back to the time yeah. that you were introduced to it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I must have been, yeah, yeah, hold on. This must be, like, 90... Eight ninety nine ish, maybe. Oh no, it could have been oh one. It was around between ninety eight and like two thousand and two. I can't pinpoint a date, but uh, my older cousin. Uh, who About how old were you then? So in ninety eight, I was okay. Um, so, ah, so I was molested growing up too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that started around eight years old. So that was about ninety nine, and then um. And the apartment I lived in, I, we left there in 2004. 
Um, so that's kind of like, you know, between eight and like 12-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely before 12. So I want to say between eight and 10. Eight and, eight and 12, that's when you were in that Between that, eight that years apartment. old and 12 years old, that's when I was in that apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that situation with him happened when I was about eight. Mm-hmm. So between eight and 10, mm-hmm. you know, in there. That's when you were I would say, you know, roughly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was introduced. Cause I think I was introduced to pornography before that stuff happened. Okay. Um, so I was about eight years old, I think. And I remember being at my mother's, uh, my mother's place. And I remember, um, I don't know if it was like an HBO thing that was put on TV or mm. something. But um, it was a video put on. And, and at that time, I had no idea about nothing concerning sex. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know vaginas existed. I didn't know, you know how the, the pregnancy thing worked. I didn't know any anything, yeah. right? So he showed me the video, and that's when I first was introduced to the idea that there's a vagina, mm. right? Um, this actually maybe after that started, to be honest with you. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, so I started um, started at that age, and then after that, um, you know, he had introduced me to it, and we had, we had watched it that time, and then after that, we had, you know, started watching it more, and I think he's also the one that introduced me to masturbation. Mm. you know and literally taught me how to do that and like yeah i was like eight years old wow yeah i was like eight years old and that's when i, w- I learned how to masturbate and at that time i haven't gone through puberty yet okay so there was no um how do i say there was no like i didn't have semen i couldn't do you anything. were shooting blanks basically <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't sure what you was trying to say <laughs> no yeah, you were shooting blanks i wasn't shooting shit but yeah <laughs> blank, nigga. so like, i couldn't this isn't funny but that's funny <laughs> bro I didn't, I didn't have anything so I, like it was kind of pointless to me but that's when for me, that's when it all started. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, and I, you know, I'm always curious. I'm, I wonder, like, if if that never happened, when would I have been introduced? Right. You know, in general, um, to anything sexually related. But uh, yeah, that was me, man. I, that was when <laughs> everything first started. Um, and it, uh, I don't know, it, it, it definitely, I feel like it definitely changed things. Before we move on to the effects, so I want to know for you, mm-hmm. when were you introduced? Um, I would say I was, in, I was introduced. Probably around the same, like Stop. nine, really, 10, yeah, really. Um, one of my cousins had actually, um, you know, like wrestling was really big at the time, yeah. And he had um, asked me like, "Yo, have you seen, you know, Sable?" I'm like, "Sable, like, nah." Sable. Like she was like, a, you know, um, like you know, have, have I seen Sable? You know, so for me, I'm like, nah, I ain't never seen no Sable. Like, and so he showed me her website. And, you know, he showed me the website, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, this website is, like, like this fairy, like, very white, very, like, clean, small text, but at the bottom are photos. Mm. And it's her, like, it's like a nude shoot, but she has, like, these lace on, and yeah. she's laying there. You could click on them. And at the time, you know, like, I don't know how much of sex I actually understood and knew. Yeah. I remember one time there was a situation where um, we – so I used to live in a one-bedroom apartment with my mom and grandma. Yeah. And we all slept inside the same bedroom. And I remember um, being in my, pulling out the dictionary that was near the bed, mm-hmm. and I was looking up the word sex, and I was laughing. And I don't know if I said it out loud or how my mom knew, but she's like, what, what are you looking that up for? I'm like, oh, I don't know. She's like, why is that funny to you? And I'm like, I don't know. She said, you know what sex is? I'm like, no. And I remember going to, like, faking like I was going to sleep because it was really yeah. awkward for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if the conversation continued after that, but I remember like that little instance, mm. you know, so I don't know if this was before or after, or if I ever knew even what sex was, yeah. but I, you know, you kind of know like, oh, sex is one of those things you're not supposed to know as a kid. Yeah. Like, you know, that it's bad. Yeah. Right. And sex isn't bad, but you know, and that like, you yeah, know, it's not yeah, something yeah, you should yeah. be engaging in at that time. Um, 
Um, and so, you know, I'm looking at this website and it's my bad. I got to finish this. All right. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at the website and I'm like, dang, this is crazy. So in my mind, I'm watching it, but I'm awkward because I'm like, my cousin's right here. Yeah. So I'm just kind of looking at it like, oh, wow, like this is crazy. But in my mind, I'm thinking like, damn, I need to write this down so I can go back to it. You know what I mean? I'm in my mind remembering that the name of this website was like 101sable.com. I'm remembering it. Like I need I to write this it down. Exists. It doesn't. It I've does. Looked, I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've never looking for it. It doesn't. It doesn't exist. I'm way ahead of you. No. Um, what up, brother? What's up, man? <laughs> Yo, so I'm remembering like, dang. You know, yeah. and I remember after that, there was a time where um, I had just got a computer. So when did the, when did like internet and all that really start booming? I think like maybe 2000, 2001, yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. 10. And I remember having a computer and I remember trying to go online and I was looking for some porn, bro. And I remember uh. typing in like Playboy uh, and the site was blocked. I remember mm -hmm. typing in a bunch of websites. Yeah. And at the time, I think we had like SBC Global. So we had parental blocks. Oh. So certain sites wouldn't load. But to me, I'm thinking, dang, you got to have like access to watch Playboy. Yeah. You got to yeah. like, I'm Google searching like, I don't know what I was Google searching. But I'm looking for some news, right? And <laughs> I remember my parents came home sooner than I thought. Oh, shit. So I'm like closing out of everything. Yeah. And I go back to the website trying to act like I'm typing in normal <laughs> stuff. And it's in the search history. Yeah. And I, I'm not computer savvy, savvy at that time. Bro, the new. I just got the computer yeah so I'm thinking dang I'm hitting delete 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 and it won't delete I'm mm. closing out of it I shut the computer down bro you should all you have to do is like start searching hella other shit but I so could have started to drown yeah. it out so it doesn't <laughs> pop up you know so I'm thinking dang so then I uh, shut the computer down I remember turning it back on later and I'm like dang playboy is still popping up yeah every time I type www.p playboy yeah. pops up I'm yeah like, dang so I'm like I gotta find a way to tell my parents before they find it, you know, because I'm all paranoid. So I remember telling them, like, I don't know what happened, but something popped up, and it went to Playboy. And now that I'm thinking about it, hey, no way that makes any sense, because you got to hit, you got to hit, you got to type it in and hit enter for it to say yeah, it, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, damn, like, I'm stuck. And I don't remember if I got in trouble or whatever case happened, but I remember just coming clean, letting them know, and I was good. Like, it was no big deal at that point, you know what I'm saying? So... That was how, <laughs> that was like my early memories of like pornography. I remember like yeah. reading, looking up sex in the dictionary. I remember my cousin introducing me to 101 Sable. And then I remember. So uh, wait, did your parents press you? No, I didn't get pressed. You I didn't? Press. I came clean. I, I think I got in trouble. I probably got on, I probably got on punishment. But to me, that's, that's a lot easier than, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what kind of trouble I could have gotten into. You said you don't know what kind of trouble you could have got into? Yeah, I don't know what I was anticipating would have happened. Um, but. You know, that was a thing, bro. Word. Uh, so, Jemai, what was your intro, guys? My intro to... Yeah, you got a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, Pornography. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my intro was over my auntie's house, hanging out with uh, my brother and my cousin. I went yeah. upstairs, hanging out in my cousin's room by myself. How old were you at this time? Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm doing this uh, all backwards. Uh, to the homies, this is Jemai Brown. He was on... Uh, what episode was that? Ready, set, journey? Ready, set, journey. Ready, set, yeah. journey. Yeah, he's a uh, repeat offender to the podcast. Anyway, bro, please continue. Um, I want to say I maybe it was like nine or ten, maybe yeah, nine or ten. Wild. And, you know. That, but, and how, so how old, how old was your cousin, if you could say, at the time? How old was my cousin at the time? Um, he's like, 
He's probably like three or four years older. So three or four years like older. Mine's the same thing. 13. Same thing. Same thing. S- same boat. Same yeah. Boat. Dang. That that's crazy. That's um, wild. That was back, you know, when they had the VHS tapes and VHS tapes. Yeah. 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 And I, and I was like, oh, you know, let's see what's on. And I, you know, press in it, and it's porn. It's yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm like, what is this? You know, yeah. All kinds of things happening, and I don't know what's happening and how to explain it. And he's just like, oh, you know, you that's you normal. You gotta, you know, do this. You gotta go, you know. Mm. So you can get rid of it because I didn't know the sensation that I couldn't control that I never ever experienced before. Like yeah. what's happening? Like, Dang. yeah. So that's my intro into interesting, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So just to bring you up to mm-hmm. speed, uh, really quickly, um, we we're talking about the uh, Mark Manson article that we read, uh, talking about you know how pornography can ruin your sex life, you know, and um, there's a lot of like data in here about just you know the effects of it and and the lack of studying and research or whatever the case is. So we had just gotten into a dialogue before you pulled up um, early, because you know black men are always early. Um, <laughs> so that's possible, so yeah. black men. That's just how we work. Um, that's wild, man. Um, so at the time, like, did y'all know what was, like, what? What was going on? Like, because you said you didn't really know how to articulate it, huh? No, I didn't know how to articulate it. I didn't. I've, like, I've seen, like, you know, when we was little and my brother would come over, we would, like, stay up at night and watch HBO Real Sex. But, (laughs) you know, that that was clean. That was, you know, considered clean. What I saw was, like. It was. Hardcore. Because that was a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Exactly. That was, like, documentary style, I believe, right? Exactly. Real Sex? Yeah. Yeah. I never never watched it. I never watched it. I think it was, like, more It didn't always deal with, like, actually having No, they were, like, small portions within the entire. Small portions. And they would go into toys and all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't always, like hardcore like straight like that's wild man that's wild yeah that's wild i know for me um i don't i can't even remember at what point it was that i like even was introduced to the idea of masturbation Mm -hmm. i can't even register like was that a thought in mind at that at that time however old i was but i do remember for some reason i remember fifth grade i was 10 in fifth grade um what do i remember at that time I want to say something significant at that time, but I remember like shooting blanks at the time. So yeah. I, kn- I knew at that time, like there was no like sperm understanding yeah, how yeah, yeah. pregnancy worked or any yeah. of that. None of that was like clear to me at the time. Yeah. I, just, I just remember being young and just thinking it was just a sensation and the sensation's gone. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but I, I am interested in figuring out like, like you kind of uh, alluded to earlier, you said you were like, had you not been introduced so early, what would your relationship to it would be and when that introduction would have happened? Yeah. And if it would have happened in a more, um, I guess, timely or, like, appropriate manner. More I don't pro- know. Yeah. I don't, like, who, who is to say what the introduction is? You know what I mean? But for, for all of us to be at around the same age and be introduced by somebody that's older, like, I never put none of my cousins on. No. You know, when I was 12, 13, like, that yeah, wasn't something point. I did. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. That's interesting, man. I've never, I've, I've, I've like, No. Cause me and my homies have looked up stuff together, yeah. but not yeah. I've definitely not like hey, nah, got anybody you younger this? than me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, me either. Um, there <laughs> are two girls, one cup. I remember that. <laughs> That's it. That's that it. mess was terrible. Yo, so do you like? So what do you think the um, at that time did you notice a, a shift in your relationship to women or how you viewed women and and all of that directly associated with? It's all a blur for me. I is think it? I think for me at the time of being introduced to it, I just probably developed like this unhealthy desire to see more. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was around the time Kazal was out. 
Remember Kaza? Like LimeWire? No. Kaza was before LimeWire. Nah, like I wasn't. People there used to early. download like yeah. music, videos, movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another cousin actually that um, I remember he had a bunch of music and videos and stuff. So I would be on his like computer trying to add and burn like different music from his his library onto mine. Mm. I remember opening up one of his folders and it was a bunch of porn videos. And at the time, this was like Round and Brown, all these other sites that typically I knew you had to pay for. So by this time, I was already a little bit more familiar with sites that you can go to and all that. But to me at the time, those sites were all premium sites that you had to pay for. I never knew that there was free avenues or whatever. But I remember seeing that he had actual videos from these websites. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, yo, is he have a login? Is he have a password? Yeah. And, um... There had been some new forums that I had discovered where they would have like logins to some of these sites and I would be trying to try these logins. Yeah. Sometimes they would work, sometimes they'd expire. Yeah. And then I remember finding out that you could download these actual videos if you knew the porn mm. star's names mm. on Kazaa or LimeWire. Yeah. And you know, so at that point it was just like this this like fixation on finding these videos, finding, you know what I mean? So I can't say that it was a direct impact in what I was doing at that time, but I think up until the point where I finally started exploring like my sexuality like with women like yeah. moving forward like physically um i had already been on this journey of pornography masturbation so i was definitely a lot more like intrigued and like interested in like yeah. doing more yeah um so i definitely think it probably started so, wait, so when did you earlier. really get active though like in real life oh in real life i was like 17 17 yeah okay so it took some years yeah you know, so a lot of training oh, i forgot because you were a little late too yeah, we talked I, about yeah. This. I mean yeah, yeah. what's late when that's a while, still early, more appropriate. But like you know, in comparison to like the homies and stuff like that. True, because I was definitely the last one in my clan. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, I was the very, very last. Yeah, how were you? Nineteen. Nineteen, really? I was like twenty-two, twenty-three. Yeah, nineteen. That's why. Yeah, because I think masturbation taught me like that's what instead of being taught like that's what you're supposed to experience with a woman. It was like this is yeah. If you want that sensation, want that feeling, watch this. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think in a way, I guess it does kind of pacify that that desire, I suppose, because there's no need to go out and figure it out and experience it. You're not like super aggressive to like, you know what I mean? Try to find a girl and then try to make it happen because, you know, you've got this access and this outlet that you can control. You can get get at 24-7. Instant gratification. Yeah. That's true. Um, That's true. Which is interesting that uh, I never thought about in that in that context. Uh, but I do think that having that, uh, like from my experience, having been introduced so early, and then, uh, and it being introduced to so much so early, I feel like it definitely changed my perception of it. And then even when I did start having sex, I feel like it changed my approach, in a way. Mm. You know, your approach in what manner? Well, just in a sense of like, in, in, like you're trying to duplicate the shit that you've seen. Okay. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to like, I wonder what like even discovering new positions. Mm. You know, what is that supposed to be naturally mm-hmm. when you're with the person and mm. you know married or whatever, or just in a, in a monogamous relationship? What does it look like when you guys are on that journey together, figuring out together for the first time? You know, as opposed to trying to recreate something you've, seen, you've seen and you've been yeah. exposed to earlier, and that on. you think is how it's supposed to go and how this works, and you've seen this woman on this video respond this way, so you're trying to duplicate that, you know, uh, sensation for the girl that you're with now, whatever the case is. You know, what does that look like to actually go into exploration and really figure it out together for the first time? You know, I feel like pornography in that way has stripped a lot of people from that. We're kids, and I don't know that kids were ever targeted. Yeah. You know, but there is definitely no way that they've been trying to, like, keep it from us. The onus has been on our parents, I guess. But 
when this stuff first happened, like nobody knew the internet. I, I'm pretty sure our parents didn't even know this stuff existed. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, Mama, I know you're listening. You probably don't know none of this. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, wild. Bro, that's like an R&B song. Mama, I know you listen. Um, so do you feel like it changed for you guys as far as like you know when you're when you have like you know actually been with a real person? Do you feel like that the influence and the research that you've been doing for however many years? Had influence <laughs> research for <laughs> 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 your tax write-offs. Has influenced the way oh, you are. Uh, you know what? If I'm honest, I don't think it had any impact mm. early on. Um, no. Nah, because I think at the time it was still diving into that world with like being physical with someone in mm. real life um, was so new in its own that I didn't attach it to because that was still a whole new world to open up. Okay. Um, and I think so. You disassociated pornography with women. Yeah, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a connection at the time. Yeah, kind of like, um, like the kind of what Jamal was saying. Like for me, I don't. It wasn't a thing of oh, this sensation that you're getting if you're masturbating is what you would feel if you were with a woman. Mm. It wasn't pr- introduced in that way. It was just like you have this feeling. This is how you handle that feeling. Yeah. So I didn't know that I was substituting. You know, I, w- I didn't know I was, there was a substitution. Um, and I think it wasn't until probably I got into college that I felt like maybe I started to recognize that there was a correlation a little bit as I would be like looking at porn or whatever the case is, masturbating and feeling like um, I was trying to create different experiences or have more of a um, more of a satisfying experience based on what I was seeing, like this idea of like perfection, you know, kind of like the article kind of talked about how, you know, we're looking at flaws and things have to be perfect. And you think about the porn industry, I've seen some clips on Instagram where they talked about how much time they put in to the right lighting, the right angles. All this thing is a science. And to us, it's just like, oh, no, they're just filming a sexual experience. But that's not even normal. You know what I mean? Like, none of that is, is the way it should be, the sounds, the angles, none of that. So to be exposed to that so regularly and not know that it was fake in that sense, I think put unrealistic expectations on the encounters that I was having at the time. Yeah. I mean, it's like watching a soap opera or watching, like, you know, a television show and thinking that that's the way, watching the Cosbys, mm. you know, and thinking that that's what a family actually looks like when nobody on that screen has a family like that. Mm-hmm. And most people off the screen don't, you know, but it's an, an, ac- an accurate depiction of sex in that way. Not yeah. the Cosby show, but, um, you know, pornography, pornography. is. Yeah. So, no, I definitely feel that because I feel like for me, it's like, you know, in watching it, the uh, expectation having sex was so different. Mm. You know, when I lost my virginity, we both were virgins, you know, oh, to my wow. understanding. That's so, beautiful. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it, okay. Um, yeah, so we both were virgins. <laughs> but the, uh, the idea was um, it made it lackluster because it was nothing like, mm. you know, what I've been watching and what I expected it to be. That's, I feel that. Nothing like that. You know, it was a completely different experience, but it's like that standard was changed. You know what I mean? And um and watching that and, and I like the point that you what's up, bro? No, uh, okay. I like the point uh you're making about the uh the um noticing the tiny blemishes and, and all of that. Cause I feel like we can also relate that to social media now too. It's like mm-hmm. the standard of beauty the quote was from the from the article is if you've ever gotten an otherwise beautiful girl naked in your bed and been unable to ignore the tiny blemishes or asymmetries to the point where you had trouble getting turned on, then you know what I mean. So, and, 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 you know, the bars before that, what that is alluding to is the fact that you're watching 
um, these women or men or whatever, you're, whatever, but you're watching them oiled up and they've got makeup applied to cover up their blemishes. It's well lit. Um, they're capturing sex from, from angles that are visually stimulating because mm-hmm. um, that's the whole point of it. And, you know, if you've been in that, if, you, if you've been viewing that kind of content, you know, when you take, when you like are actually, you know, having that experience for yourself in the real world, you're going to be comparing the, the woman to this other woman who looks, is a model, essentially. Yeah. You know, or and a, you know, probably a young one, you know, and it's been targeted for um, this particular purpose. Right. You know, and then it made me think about social media and how, you know, when we're on our Instagram feed, you know, we can tap into the most beautiful women in the world. You know, they're in our pockets all day long. You know, women that otherwise we would have never seen. Yeah. You know, and it made me think about like you know, maybe our grandparents, like, you know, if they were coming up in the 40s or something, you know, you may see a beautiful girl at, like, the juke joint, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the juke, juke joint. joint is something. And you'll see her that one night, mm-hmm. you know, but you'll never, you may never see that girl again. You know, somebody's visiting or traveling from somewhere else. You may never see that person again, you know. So I think the, um, I think the, uh, the inspiration to tie something down quicker or to, you know, really, really um, establish a relationship with somebody was was a little bit different back then. So you saw a, a beautiful girl, and that's the only time you've seen a girl that year that looked that beautiful. You know, you're gonna be way more right. You're gonna be way more that inclined year, to yeah. be like, like really think about that though. You know, you out, you know, you out functioning with the homies. Y'all about to pull up on the juke joint, and you see this chick like I gotta get her now. Yeah, I don't know who she is. She may be in town. You ain't got no phone. You gotta write letters. Right. You know, so it's like, you know, you want to pull up that much more because you don't have the options that you know. We have now. And now we look on our phones and like literally, bro, like and you go to your explore page, it's somebody new that looked similar to all the other fine girls on, on IG. Mm-hmm. But it's somebody new. And they seem they appear to be perfect, you know, in these filtered, you know, made up photos. So when we come back to dealing with like, you know, a girl that is beautiful but isn't as um perfect as these girls online, man, it kind of takes away from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think about that. You saying that because it does kind of create this l- different level of expectation. Like if yeah. you're being, you know, being out looking at women, like you said, they're in our pocket. So I can go on my explore page, yeah. look at Lori Harvey, or look at yeah, you know, any whoever it is. Yeah. Lori Harvey just popped in my head. But Zoe Kravitz, see, Joy, Zoe mm-hmm. Kravitz, they all have these professional photographers. Yeah, they're set up in these nice rooms. They have the perfect lighting, the makeup, the editing. Props, the props, whatever it is, yeah. and it's just like wow, that's yeah. that's amazing. And then you got, like you said, maybe you're at, like not average, but a chick that's beautiful that doesn't have all of that, that doesn't have the same following. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe you're average. You're average, <laughs> maybe you're average. <laughs> no, but like you know, she don't got the same. F- I'm sorry, I love y'all. No, but like using her iPhone, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the quality of the picture is different. The yeah. lighting is not perfect. Mm-hmm. So there's so many more things working against her now. More praise to her for her to be able to get, you know, that top quality photo that everybody's going to like anyway. Yeah. But the the quote unquote competition of my eyes to be looking at these other women who are well manicured and well put together versus a woman who probably has more qualities possibly. Right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't get the same. I guess opportunity because of the aesthetics aren't at the same level. So, I, I mean, I. I you, I like how you likened it to pornography because that's that's essentially low key. It's it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I like I think learning. I learned about masturbation first, and then I learned about 
sexual expectations instead of before I even had my own experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, that created a mental ED because it was like, oh, when you mental learn, ED, like, mental yeah, ED. mental ED, like where you can't what you ED, can't what do you mean? Like erectile dysfunction. dysfunction, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because hold on, bro, hold on. A <laughs> mental ED. Break that down. Yeah, yeah. Continue, continue. It's, it's bro. Yeah. No mental. Like you actually can when you like you can watch porn mm-hmm. and be fine, but then when you're with a woman, you can't. Yeah. It's, a, it's a mental ED because I think you in masturbation there's no expectations. It's like whatever you want, you can do it for whatever, however long you want. But then you, when you get to the age where sex becomes a thing, you hear all the other kids. I'm like, yeah. I lasted this long, I went this long, she did this, and then you have all these expectations. Like, what? this is nothing like porn. Yeah. And then when mm. you get with a woman, you're like, am I going to be able to do the same things? Right. Well, that, and that's the thing. So I like that you brought up erectile dysfunction. Um, symptoms of erectile dysfunction are like, you know, defini- definitively it means uh, trouble getting an erection, keeping an erection, and reduced sexual desire, you know, and also even climax. So one of the that's interesting things, like you think about like, uh, if you're having trouble finishing, that's also a form of erectile, erectile dysfunction because sex or pornography is a lot like cocaine, right? In the way that, you know, when you do cocaine for the first time, it's amazing, you know, and so I've heard. So I've you've heard, heard right? So <laughs> I'm looking like, uh, <laughs> I've not done it, but listen, from what I've read and studied and, you know, all these documentaries and shit I watch, I've heard that it's amazing, it's incredible, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the more you do it, the less that it... Uh, the less that it stimulates you the same, the less that you get that same reward from the first time that you've, you, you've tried this drug. You know, most drugs are that way. Um, and pornography and sex is the same thing. Where they, you know, they, this article is even talking about how, you know, you have to watch more porn or more, um, or different types of porn or dirtier or whatever the case is to get that same type of gratification that you got when you used to just be able to watch, you know, the stuff that we watched as kids, real sex on television or those porn, those different, you know, videos that were on, on like, you know, Showtime, HBO, which didn't show anything really, you know, but it was so much easier for us to, uh, you know, climax watching that kind of stuff, right? So it's interesting you say that because I feel like, um, well, even, the, you know, research has shown like uh, up until the 1970s, uh, erectile dysfunction or imp- uh, impotence was 90% psychological and 10% organic. Organic meaning that, you know, it's coming from an outside source or psychological meaning it's in your head. And then now it's 10% psychological and 90% organic. So a lot of people aren't really studying it the way that, you know, they probably should, but it suggests that the access and the volume in which, you know, kids are discovering and watching porn is affecting the way that we relate to women sexually as we get older. That people are even having erectile dysfunction in their 20s. Ah. You that know. shouldn't be happening until no not 40s. Be happening, but typically no. it's common yeah, yeah, after like 40. After 40, yeah. right? But you know, you see, you're seeing it more in your 20s and 30s because of the amount and the volume of, you know, porn and things that we have that's changing our brains. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I know we're talking about it more from like the impact and like the whole idea of like it's called impotence, like erectile dysfunction, impotence, not being able to give it up or perform. Yeah, or erectile dysfunction or yeah. Erectile yeah. dysfunction, uh, dysfunction, ED. Um, I kind of want to explore the world of like, kind of like sexual expectation a little bit, but yeah, yeah. more so in the idea of like, you know, being out here, let's say, you know. They're, they're people, interchangeable. They are interchangeable. Yeah. Impotence and, and erectile, erectile dysfunction. dysfunction. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So thinking about the world like in a more practical sense today on like a you know, daily basis, you know, whether you're dating, not dating, whatever, um, those moments where 
maybe a seed is planted by being online. Mm. I'm watching. I'm online. I'm watching. You know, somebody post a video. They out in the dr, looking good in a bathing suit, posting videos. Them walking to the beach, and I'm like, dang, she looked good. I wonder what it's like to be with her. Now a seed is planted. Mm-hmm. You know, I go all throughout my day. Maybe some some chick that I like, I'm talking to, post something. She looked good too. Now I'm thinking, dang, like I'm trying to be with her, right? Trying to hit. I'm gonna hit her up. I'm gonna slide her DMs. I'm gonna text her. Like I'm almost looking for some type of satisfaction, but it's a slow build because the seed was planted early on. And, you know, getting to a point where maybe I'm looking to, you know, have sex with her or like link, link up, hook up, whatever, because of something that I saw online that where the seed was planted. Um, I know that there's been times where I'm trying not to have sex. I, kn- I may know I need to go like, go handle that myself so I don't have the same desire right, right. to like <laughs> pull up. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And I, and I feel like that's something that cats aren't often talking about. So either it either, it either goes like this. Either it's a chick I really like and I want to have sex with. So I may go rub one off so that if we do have sex, I last longer. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to keep it real. Right. That's or, real. Or, or it may be a situation where it's like, dog, I don't need to, I don't need to go over there because if I have sex with her, she's going to expect more. I'm going to have to stay there. She may want a relationship. And mm-hmm. if that's where my intentions are, I may know I need to go rub one off so I can right. chill and no longer have a desire right. to be with her. Right. That's a messed up situation to be yeah. in. And that, especially because a lot of times I doubt women are even aware that this is happening. No. No, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I don't even know why I put that out there, but I put it out there now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just makes me think like how, I don't know if it's selfish. I don't know. What's y'all take on that? Like, so I think, how do you I think feel in a that? way that's like you're, you're, you're manipulating the system, right? You know that you know, if let's say you've not done anything for two weeks or something mm-hmm. or whatever, you've been chilling. So you know that right now you'll be more sensitive that the moment you touch something, it's a wrap. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. So you're not going to, uh, you know, you're not going to be that durable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you do handle it on your own and then, then get in that situation, you'll be, you'll live up to that, again, false narrative, that standard of being able to take care of her longer, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. But that's all, I think that's just a, that's uh, manipulating the idea of, you know, erectile dysfunction. In a way, right? It's because manipulating the idea of erectile dysfunction. In a way, right? So it's like, you know, you're less sensitive. That's one of the things. Yeah. You know, you're less sensitive, you know, to sexual stimuli when you are watching pornography a lot or masturbating, right? Yeah. So it's going to take a lot more to get you there, mm. you know? I really hope my mom stopped listening to this <laughs> point, bro. Hey, you tell her not to listen to this episode, dog. <laughs> <laughs> this one ain't for you, mama. <laughs> Don't listen to that one, mama, please. <laughs> mama, please. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, but I, I mean, we've, I think we've all been there to, to where we're just, you know, we're trying to perform, but it's also living up to that. That's the, but that, I think that gets into hip hop, that gets into, um, uh, just like so that societal standard of like, you know, that minute man kind of thing they, they were talking about in music a long time ago. Who was that? Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott? I don't want no one minute man. Show me what you got. But no, I definitely feel that. I think, um, I don't know, but I find it problematic because it's like, it takes away from the experience of just like really, you know, being vulnerable and but that just that feeds into sex for sport. Mm, you know okay. what I mean? Um, but I don't know. It's uh, I don't know, bro. But to, to what you were saying earlier, though, that's what I want to comment on with the idea of um, social media, bro. There's so many women I would never be checking for if I didn't follow them on Instagram. Break that down. What do you mean? So like, women that I've known you know, over the years. You know, I may have known them in high school, may have liked them in high school. And in my head, I still have a perception of them 
I still have a perception of them emotionally in the way that I did back in high school, right? So I had a crush on you in high school. I thought you were so fire or whatever, whatever. And even though 10 years has passed, emotionally, I still remember you that way, the way I looked at you in high school. But I'm following you on Instagram. We happen to be in the same city. You know what I mean? We happen to have, you know, got out of situations or whatever, and the, and the opportunity presents itself to where I can pull up. I only pull up because I have the access I have now with social media than, you know, that I, I wouldn't have had otherwise. If social media didn't exist, I would never hit these women up. That, that would, it just would have, it would have been dead after high school. Yeah. But I'm, because you still see her, now there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that situation still lives, yeah. even though you probably haven't seen her in years. Yeah. There's no connection. Y'all don't have conversation. No. But it's enough to just follow each other and see each it other. It leaves the door open. It leaves the door open. Yeah. In ways that it wouldn't. So then you end up pulling up or whatever the case is because you just got access. You know, over the years, you kind of like keep your shit alive. You might be, you know, dropping a DM, little flame emojis. You don't even got to type it now. You, you got to type it. It's just a reaction. <laughs> Hard eyes. And you, see you get thousands of them. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, man. Wow. So I feel like in that way, man, it like, you know, it, it complicates things. Um, you know, if you don't really have the, the, the right, a healthy relationship sexually. We had the conversation, uh, ooh, it's like a year ago now. Um, I remember I was on, uh, I was working on First Man. Um, and uh, I remember I had, this was like the first time in my life where I was like, you know what, I'm just not watching any pornography, period. And I stopped. And immediately I remember um, having a healthier mind. Immediately. You know, I would, um, women that I am attracted to, or that I was attracted to, I would see them, but I was less likely to sexualize them mm-hmm. in the same in the same ways because I wasn't watching pornography as much. I wasn't stimulated. You know, my imagination wasn't stimulated in that way anymore. So I stopped looking at women as sexual conquest, but actual people. Mm. You know, and I, I think was, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like you get to actually know them for who they are versus knowing them and then using that to equate to your desire for them. Yeah. Like they stop because they stop becoming a means to an end to satisfy my desire and they become an actual human being, an individual, and somebody that you can talk to, connect with, or even a friend. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't have this, you know, this impulse. So it's, it's interesting. So you talk about meditation, right? To think, like, if you're, let's say you are watching porn for 30 minutes a night, you know, or 15 minutes a night, 10 minutes a night, right? That's like meditating on sex for that long. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You saying that just blew my mind. Because think about meditation, right? We talk about, because yeah. when I was doing meditation a little bit more frequently, I was only doing it for three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. But those three or four minutes of meditating allowed me to see my thoughts as they came. I remember a certain situation where it's like, yo, that made me really upset. And I'm thinking in my head, man, I'm upset. Do I express my anger? Do I let it ride? I literally had those like literally 10, 15 seconds to yeah. decide how I want to respond. Where yeah. normally I'm upset, go. You know what I mean? Just in normal situations. Like, yeah, not yeah. like anger management or nothing. But just like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to let you know. Like, what, what was that about? Why, you know, it's all these other responses. But in meditating, literally just for four minutes gave me that type of clarity throughout mm-hmm. my day. Four minutes of focusing on my thoughts and s- s- calming my mind gave me clarity for over 24 hours. So what does... 10 minutes, 12 minutes of pornography. Because in those moments of porn, I'm not looking at my phone. You can call me. I'm going to ignore it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could be yeah. running late. I, I ain't focused on nothing. Nah, you know what I'm saying? Nah. I'm, I'm focused on that screen. Right. 
I'm meditating mm-hmm. on pornographic video. Yeah. So then, like you said, you go out and now there's this mind of like, I see somebody now. I'm checking them out for like their shape and what it may look like mm-hmm. and probably how it may move. Damn, that in probably certain situation. Oh, that probably looks good. Oh, man, she cheerlead or she, she not? Well, not cheerlead, but she's like, yeah. she's a dancer. She's flexible. She, oh man. On. So now everything that 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 you think about that woman is now just. You know, based on an idea from what you watched. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it's, it's just all supporting like that idea, man. What would that be like? It's terrible, bro. I'm disgusted with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I am disgusted. God, <laughs> bro, it's terrible, bro. So when I stopped watching it, bro, like women that I would normally be checking out or whatever, they're beautiful girls. Like their their beauty or their sexuality didn't change, mm-hmm. but my disposition towards them did. So the way I looked at them and, and behaved and, and and responded to them was just different. You know, I wasn't flirting as much. I wasn't trying to pull up. I wasn't inspired in that way. So I definitely think that it, it has a um, direct impact and correlation to just the way that we deal with women. I think even as far as like, you know, uh, I don't want to say sexual assault, sexual harassment. You know, I think it's, it's, it's linked to just, you know, what we're putting into ourselves, into our minds. Yeah, like, a un- like a just not lacking the discipline. Yeah. Lacking the discipline and having these desires, I think, go to a point where it's out of control. You know, I, you know, there's there's a lot of situations that um, I think all are unfortunate when it comes to, like, sexual harassment. Um, but I think about just some of the things that when you unpack certain stories of what people were going through, it's a lot of things that just go untapped. Mm. You know, lacking, you know, the self-control and not having women or whoever it is, men, whatever you're into in those moments, um, just lacking that sexual discipline. I think that impacts everything across the board, mm-hmm. you know, not to take it spiritual, but there, there's, there's something I've read, I think it was in the Bible, basically about sexual sin being one of the things, one of the only sins that we commit unto ourselves. Mm-hmm. Every other sin we commit is just like external, but sexual sin is one that we commit to ourselves. And I mm-hmm. think what I've learned in the time that I've, you know, decided to be abstinent, is the right way? Is that the right term? Yeah. <laughs> I know we've messed, I've yeah. messed up defining abstinent and celibacy. I've, I've, I've switched them. But in choosing to be abstinent for some time, um, gaining a certain level of clarity, I think with, with even something like pornography, it definitely clouds my mind to be able to see things in the way that they should be seen. It shifts my perspective, the way that I handle people, whether how even how I handle my emotions, if I'm upset or I'm mm-hmm. frustrated, because... Um, I mean, I'm going on another another point, but I feel like even in moments where I find myself even desiring to look at pornography is when I probably feel like my stress is high. Mm. I'm frustrated. I got a lot on my plate that I'm overwhelmed and I can't do anything about it right here in this moment. You're finding your triggers. I'm finding my triggers and I'm like, dang, I need to just let one off mm-hmm. because in that moment of let one off, all is good. Nobody has any expectations of me. I can mm-hmm. feel this is weird and sick and twisted. Maybe I feel desired in a way or mm-hmm. valued. It's, I don't, that's twisted. I don't want to even unpack that. That's crazy <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> but, but the idea is I'm doing something that's, satisfi- that's satisfying in this moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. There's some type of sick, perverted validation mm. that comes from doing that, right. from masturbating, yeah. literally, because I can literally be stressed out. Like, ah, oh, I got a lot to do. Too much is happening. Ah. Oh. Oh. I'm gonna rub one off. Yeah, yeah, and and all is well. Like what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an outlet, man. It's the uh, no, like we talked about habits and uh, the power of habit, right? And it's that outlet of like 
you know, in, in doing that, you're triggered by anxiety or stress. And the routine is pornography and masturbation in, in some cases. Then the relief is just that, you know, momentary ecstasy or that moment of just like be, that release of like nothing matters for those 30 or 60 seconds. Mm. But it's also insatiable, you know. Mm. So even though like it's great for that time being, you know, it's not going to sustain you, you know, or sustain any, any sort of peace. So what would it look like replacing that habit, you know, when you're stressed out, making the conscious effort to do something positive, mm. you know, to have a, a, a better release for it? Yeah. You know? Mm. Go for it. No, I, was just, I just agree with him that, and I think how you're saying it, porn has affected the way we look at women. Like, even in our relationships, we tend to use sex to suppress our feelings. Like, it's like a validation for our emotions, our stress. Yeah. And yeah. we do that with women the same way we, we use porn. We use women the same way we use porn. Dang. That's true. That's true because that, that, that female attention, dang, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. It, it, it just makes me realize the importance of, once again, knowing self. And like, like Tony mentioned, like, what are your triggers? You know what I mean? Like, for me, I'm looking, looking at myself and thinking, like, man, what, what type of clarity did I have when I wasn't? sexually active when I made the decision not to look at porn um, you know because at the end of the day some people may feel like porn is still cool you know what I mean they may feel like masturbation isn't this big deal they may not have the same um, challenges or may not feel like they're taking advantage of people or looking at people in any way that's unbecoming of them but I think that it reminds me to go back to a place of even if I'm not sure take the time or I want to take the time because um, the article kind of spoke about a challenge that he did, Mark Manson did with some people, where they went, was it 60 days without looking at porn? I think it was. They made some type of commitment to like not look at porn for 60 days. Um, and he had limited his like masturbation to like once or twice a week. He was on some like, I forgot how he called the diet, but it was like a porn diet or like a masturbation diet or something where he limited his intake. Yes, it's called the masturbation diet. Yeah. It's the masturbation diet. Yeah. yeah. He basically limited 60 his days. intake of six for 60 days. Yeah. Not looking at porn. Yeah. And he said that his sexual appetite had increased drastically within those first two weeks. Mm -hmm. There was times where he was like not even interested in sex for some days. It's like this up. It's like this, this withdrawal period. Yeah. You know, like it's literally like drugs. Yeah. You say he was, wasn't interested for a few days yeah. and then like it would be one day where he went on a bench mm -hmm. and he might go four or five sessions a day. And then he's back four on. Four or five, masturbating four or five times in yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, and then he's back on. That's he's, abuse. He's back chilling. Some people limited it to like they're only going to do it once or twice per mm -hmm. week if they, if they need to. Yeah. But um, he was, but it, you know, if, if nothing else, he definitely suggested like limiting and mind, like, you know, actually like having, having a schedule almost where it's like, yo, I'm going to have these days, these cheat days, mm -hmm. if anything, if, if that's something that you want to pursue. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love that he said that because what it let me realize was it's not so much this idea of like, Correcting yourself, like, let me slap my hand and don't do that anymore, Tarek. Don't masturbate. Don't look at porn. Don't do this. Don't have sex. It's more so one of those things of let me uncover why I choose to look at pornography, why I choose to masturbate, and let me figure out how it's impacting me. Mm. Because mm. if I can go those 60 days, maybe I can't even do 60 days. Let's say I go two weeks. I'm going to limit the amount of porn I watch. I'm not going to masturbate if I maybe experience more clarity or if I realize I'm more agitated, I'm more irritable learning my triggers learning what that brings me to once again be able to position it in my life in a way that i'm intentional you know what i'm not gonna look at porn because when i look at porn i start to feel down or i feel more alone or more depressed or i feel anxiety 
Or you know what? When I find myself looking at porn, I'm more confident. I'm more this. I'm more that. I think it's important to begin to pinpoint, once again, the purpose of why something's in our lives. So for me, I feel challenged in the sense of like being intentional when I find myself in those spaces of like high anxiety, stress, frustration to second guess and find other alternatives to dealing with that frustration. Did I, I didn't send you the article about uh, uh, sex and our psychological needs, did I? Nah. Damn, I meant to say nah, nah. Um, But it suggests that um, sex isn't a need, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it suggests that, you know, no one's ever died from not having sex. Like, nobody. You know, but People if you have don't... died for having sex. <laughs> 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 but if you don't um, eat or drink, you're going to die, yeah. right? If you don't have food or water. So I was just talking about how, you know, the needs that sex fills are psychological needs that aren't related directly to sex. So, for example, it was talking about, like, your need to connect or your need to, um, your need to connect or your need to, like, um, or, 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 or if you're insecure or whatever the case is, you might pursue sex in order to fill that psychological void of being, you know, um, depressed or, you know, needing to connect or needing love or affection or to be valued and all these different things. So it made me think about, you know, how can I look at my psychological needs and see where I use sex to maybe feel powerful, Dang. to maybe feel wanted or attracted, mm-hmm. to maybe express my adoration or affection to, to, to a person, you know, or to deal with my stress or my anxiety, you know, so how do I misuse sex and take it away, or even just to connect with a human being. That's that part is what uh, stuck out to me because I, re- I, I I can vividly remember times where I'm like, yo, I just want to connect with somebody, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, I found recently that conversation can do the same, you know. But but how have I misused? Um, yeah, how, how have I misused it? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really deep. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. Like, it's crazy. Like, I feel like I really wish people had more conversations. This this reminds me of a question I have for you for you guys too. Can can you remember any times when like, you know, your parents or even, um, like like mentor or parental figures in your life, have ever even had a healthy dialogue with you about sex? No. No. Yes. No. Yes and no. Um, I remember having conversations with my parents about sex, in the sense of um like from a biblical standpoint mm. that you know for made for men and women that are married and was this like an actual sit down scheduled or was it just it just it's came like out? a conversation probably in passing like okay. just my family we have a lot of conversation like yeah. we have conversations on this podcast like i have yeah. conversations like this with my family members yeah. you know what i'm yeah. saying which i've learned that isn't like common yeah um so having a conversation about sex never was like this thing where it's like, oh, this is weird. We're talking, we're sitting down face to face. Like we have conversations like that all the time. It's just that sometimes sex will come up, but it was always within that perspective, you know, of like living up to this expectation of this is what you're required to do as a follower of Christ. You know what I mean? And I think, um, I remember actually when, when I lived at 5710 in uh, Corona, um, my family was over for, I think, 4th of July or something. My mom was like, so, you know, even though we would teach you about, like, waiting until marriage, because my mom by this time found out I was no longer a virgin, like, what made you do it anyway? How did she find out? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. She didn't, I, I didn't get caught or anything. Like, it's like I was a black mirror, so, like, she yeah. went back and watched your <laughs> she feed. She went back and watched the feed, like, <laughs> oh, that's what he was doing that day. No, I think, I think she probably just asked me or something, and I was like, she's like, are you still a virgin? Because she would still check on, like, she would ask me that, like, there's been times, like, within the last few years, she's asked, like, 
are you still smoking weed? You know what I'm saying? So like, it's not it's not random for her to ask me questions yeah, like yeah, yeah. in your face like you having sex. Yeah. So I think at some point I finally told her, mm-hmm. um, and her response like was loving like it was like, oh, okay like, oh I didn't know that like I didn't know that when when was this? Mm-hmm. Oh a couple of years ago. Oh okay that's it. No details right? Mm-hmm. But I remember that one family gathering uh, at the crib where she had asked like you know j- I'm just curious like like at what point did you make that decision? You know just on some like, dang like. Parenting is one thing you could teach and lead and guide your child, but they're still going to make the decision on their own. I think she just wanted to understand. Um, yeah, so I, I remember that conversation actually happening. But um, random fact, I used to teach sexual and relational health um, for like seven months out in the L.A. area. And we would do presentations for elementary school students, middle school students, high school students, college students, teachers and faculty members, as well as parents. And it was always this taboo conversation to have like to have sex the sex talk and one of the things we would always share was that that talk isn't a one-time instance it's not a one-time situation this is an ongoing conversation but the fear is if a parent decides to bring up sex to their child now their child is going to be thinking about having sex mm-hmm. when the truth is they're going to be thinking about having sex regardless, regardless. Yeah. you know and not having the conversation more so puts them at risk of doing it and not being safe mm-hmm. bro i have these conversations with my nieces all the time now Praise well, for not you, all brother. the time now, but I, like I had, I had to sit down with both of them, um, particularly my oldest niece, and I was just like, yo, like, you know, I asked her, she's still a virgin, like, you can tell me I'm not going to get mad at you, I'm not going, no, no, I am, whatever, okay, cool, 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 and, you know, we just talked about sex and condoms, and yo, listen, I can just speak from my experience and my homies, and I know that all of us wish we waited, you know what I'm saying, like, everybody I've talked to, you know, would say the same thing, and I was like, yo, like, I wish I waited longer. You know, there was no need for me to do this at the age that I did it, but, you know, it is what it is. And just knowing the emotional ramifications of having sex with somebody, just knowing it's easier not to do it if you never start, you know, or if you wait till you start being strategic about it. And if you do start, make sure you always, you know, protect yourself. Just that whole nine, because I don't remember, you know, um, I don't remember ever having a a healthy dialogue with either one of my parents about it. My mother didn't know how to do it, you know, so she allowed the school to do it. And then... um, my dad had a conversation. So my dad actually found out I was watching pornography too. Was it that? Yeah. So my How dad. How did you find out? What? <laughs> my dad had. I lied my ass off. My dad had the spindle of, um, you know, those little CD cases. You know, that, you know, when, you know, back when CDs were a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, CD case, cases yeah. so you can look through and, you know, find some catalog. music to listen to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad had one of those, a small one, um, of just porn DVDs that he would buy. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he'd have them in his office. So I, I recognized it. It was like an AT&T. It had like a blue little square on it or something. I don't know. It wasn't AT&T. But it was something like that. Some cable. Maybe AT&T was something It might have been Bell South. <laughs> Hold <laughs> on. I'm confused. <laughs> it might have been Bell South. But it was, um, it was a little case. And I, like, I, I always knew where it was, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would find it, and I would go through, and I will find something. And then I would be watching it, you know, when he was at work or whatever the case was. Before then, I was watching his VHS tapes that he had, um, you know, hidden, you know, like they were just like in the archive of like VHS that nobody ever messed with but me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that was your stat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, at that point, this was like 90s stuff where yeah. like, it was just different. But anyway, the, um, you know, I found his, uh, his DVD case and then I remember he approached me one time about it. He said, hey man, he said, uh, he said, you been looking at this? I said, nah, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I said, nah, what's that? He said, nothing, don't mess with this, all right? All right. And then he went off, went up, went off. And I think my mother had caught me. And then um, he had um, 
he had sat me down about it. Ex, my mother know how to deal with it, so you know she she had him talk to. How me. Did, wait, how did she catch you, bro? She she probably just found it in the search history. I oh, mean, nigga, okay. there's been times okay. where like you know, be, like before like porn was really like I used to find images of like. I remember finding an image of Ashanti, like from an album cover, like inside yeah. an album with her mouth open and like, <laughs> I'm like so serious. I was like 12, it 13. It didn't take much, brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Take much. I, I remember finding you. images like that. And I remember that shit was blown up on the computer one time I forgot to close that shit out. And my mom got on the computer. She's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, uh, and she never said nothing about it. She exited out and just kept going about her business. She didn't know what to do, you know? So my dad sat me down. Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, uh, no, you shouldn't be looking at that stuff, man. So I don't want you to grow up to be no little freak, man. You know, you shouldn't be looking. Yeah, like you shouldn't be looking at the kind of stuff, wow. blah blah blah. Um, you know, and pretty much just like stay away from it. And then that was it. You know, um, and it brought the thought to me of like, well, shit. If you don't want me to be the little freak, like, what is like? Does that mean that you know you are? Yeah, I mean, because like you have it all on your computer and the. You know what I mean? Of course, I can't ask that question. But it just, it just brought that idea. So, <laughs> can you imagine a kid like being able to articulate that, man, at that time? So, what, that, what does that make you? Daddy? But if I was five years old, I would. Yeah. So I wouldn't think about you how that would make him feel or what the consequences film. are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, dang. You know, I remember him having that conversation with me, and then after that, all the conversations were, um, like every six months in high school, he would ask me, you know, you still a virgin? He pronounced it wrong. You still a virgin? <laughs> right, like yeah, yeah, dad. Well, you know, I, you know, I know, kinda, kinda, kinda me. Well, I kinda got hair one time. Oh, this nigga lying, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was start lying after a while just to like, you know, because I want him to be proud of me, I guess, yeah. right? You know, but he would ask me every so often um, about it, but it was never like a healthy dialogue about just safe sex. You know what sex, what, what it means. You know um, how to identify, like, I'm just even just like, you know, even how to identify who would be a good partner. Cause I like now I know how to identify a good partner based on our vibe, just on some normal stuff. Hold on, bro. That's a whole nother level. <laughs> how to identify a good partner? Yeah, that just took the sex talk to another level, bro. But I mean, so that's key, bro. And, and that'll be more so like a relationship, right? Yeah. How do you identify somebody that you got a vibe with that you can that 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 you guys would be happy in all all areas? Yeah, you know. And a lot of that I think could be you know found in just your discourse and just even figuring out their history, what mm. they've been through, how they were raised, all of those things. You know, but that's not a conversation we have. And that's just more so relate. That's not directly, you know, to sex. Right. More so for a relationship. But we don't have that kind of dialogue, you know, in our community, with our families and stuff like that. And I think that's that, you know, like you said, it's taboo to have this conversation, you know. But, you know, and I find it interesting, too, you know, segue when you look at, you know, how we look at sexuality of women in, you know, media. You know, oftentimes, you know, at least when we were growing up, you know, women were made to feel ashamed for wearing clothing that was too revealing, you know, as if it was their responsibility to manage a male's sexual ego. Mm. You know, if you don't dress like that, you know, then, you know, you won't be sexually assaulted. Look how you're carrying yourself. Look how you're, so we, 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 we suppress oh, women's sexuality, woman. you know, to try to control men because that's why, because the way you're dressing, not, thinking about or realizing that the reason why is really what we're doing in our own private time and the way that we are framing our mind to relate to women, you know, and that goes into music and culture and, and pornography and everything, film, all of that stuff. But it's putting that onus on women, you know, and, you know, we talked about this too before where we're like, we're, we're, we're raising, what, what was the quote, man? We had a, we had a oh. bar where, where uh, we're raising our... I know exactly what you're talking about. This is going to yeah. bug me, boy. Yeah. Um, 
we're raising our sons to be the, the type of men or the or yeah the t- the, we're raising our sons to be the type of you know men or the wolves that we're trying to protect our daughters from yeah 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 mm. raising our men raising our raising our sons to be the men that we're protecting our, our daughters against yeah yeah got it we got to switch that up yeah did, did you have the talk bro no it never happened. Never happened. I don't, and I don't know if it was because just my parents just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Just and, your, your, and your, your parents aren't together, right? Uh, they are now. They oh, they are, are now. They, I mean, I have a stepfather. I know. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Since. Yeah, they're, they're together. They but were your dad divorced. and your mother weren't. No, they were never got married. Okay. Yeah, they never got married. Gotcha. And my dad wasn't in my, my real father wasn't in my life. So mm-hmm. there was there no, you know, bridge to talk about it with him. And then. I think I don't know if it's just because my mom didn't really know herself or if just because she looked at me like, oh, he's shy. He's probably not, you know, he's probably not going to get involved with that stuff. He, you know, he's always at home in his own world. He probably not. So maybe she never thought about talking about it with me. Mm. I mean, I honestly learned more from HBO Real Sex than I did from (laughs) my parents, my relatives, anybody in my life. Like, You know, and that's where I want to move what we're doing. Um, I want to move it into like, I want to be able to go into schools and have like a productive talk. Cause that shit that they did, I remember fifth grade, bro. They came in with a PowerPoint presentation talking about sex and the anatomy and you know how it works. And I remember we was all asking dumbass questions. We were so young. I asked the teacher, I said, uh, I said, can you pee and ejaculate at the same time? It's <laughs> <laughs> a pressing question. People want to know. People want to know. And he's like, nah, I don't. You know, I think that the uh, one closed when the other one opened up. So I don't think, I think you fine. But it's just like not a, you know, yeah. wasn't, you know, we talked about the anatomy and all of that stuff, but I don't ever remember once talking about consent right. and any of my scholastic education, mm. not once, you yeah. know. And I certainly don't remember um, really talking about safe sex in a way that I feel like the audience really understood. Mm-hmm. It was more so just to check this off of the uh the, um, the curriculum. Curriculum, like yeah. You have to learn this. That's so true, yeah. bro. And I think that was the thing about the job that I used to work at as a teaching sexual and relational health was that it was more about conversation and about the impact beyond the, the science of it all. Beyond, I mean, we still talked about the STDs, the STIs, and being safe and clean and getting tested, but it was more than that. What are the emotional feelings with it? What are the... Um, spiritual like if any implications that may come with a certain situation or um, what are some things that people may be looking to find fulfillment from you know what I mean so I think we definitely need more of those type of healthy conversations that are more practical and really like make sense you know because I don't think because I'm trying to think about what, what they taught me and it's the same thing it was PowerPoint just felt like they were checking it off even if I think about dare say no to drugs you know what yeah. I'm saying like stay off cocaine and you know, heroin and all these other things and weed, but like Yeah. They don't teach you all the they aspects. They don't teach of, you the aspects. Like the don't do drugs, but they don't never talk about don't sell drugs. Mm. It's like there's so many different aspects mm-hmm. to sexuality. There's so many aspects to everything in life and just to talk about it, like you said, once you talk about it once, and then that's it. Yeah. It's a continual conversation. Right. I mean, the idea is that mo- that morally, you guys or people know right from wrong. Inherently, you know what's right and what's wrong, and you should know that selling drugs are bad. You know, you should know that having unprotected sex is bad, and you're gonna get pregnant, or you know, you may get an STI. You should know uh, what consent is, you know, and it's never taught to us. 
And I feel like I don't say I don't know if it's a it's a socioeconomic issue where it's not taught in our communities and the schools that we grow up that. in. I was just about so to say that. So that we don't we don't know the rules. So when we go to play the game, you know, we're set up to fail. You know, and then in these other neighborhoods, maybe they do have a more constructive dialogue and the teachers care a little bit more. I don't know. I think that it's socioeconomic because programs probably like DARE and whatever these other sexual, you know, health, sex ed can be taught at that level in other communities where they're more affluent because they have other opportunities that they won't find themselves resulting to maybe sex or drugs to fulfill any voids. Mm -hmm. Not saying that they don't exist, but it's not as common. Whereas I think if you're coming into one of our communities um, where that's a norm in those environments, that whole approach needs to be totally different because mm -hmm. you have family members who may be resorting to yeah. sex and drugs and violence and all these other things, but the curriculum doesn't fit our realities. So we talk about not smoking weed, this and that, but you somebody from, not even from my community that's come in to talk to me about there, but I got cousins, uncles, aunts that smoke weed every time we get together. Yeah. And they seem to be doing well. They're making money. They yeah. got a happy family. So what does that really mean to me? I hear you talking, but... I'm looking at it and ain't nothing happening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they didn't really put it in, 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 I guess, in terms that I think resonate with our with our community. So I definitely think it's socioeconomic for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and no, I definitely want to, um, I do want to be a part of that that change. I feel like, I don't know, I, I would argue that most young men don't even understand consent, which is a huge issue. Yeah. You know, I think it's a huge issue because, um, you know, you're putting them in a situation to, to fail, especially as, you know, the social norms or, um, bro, there's one, never mind, um, as the social norms or as uh, as everything evolves. You know, we look at situations where, like, you know, even comedians and entertainers and stuff are held at different standards, you know, but I feel like with, with the change in approach of criminalizing different things, you know, or enforcing, you know, something that's already been criminal, you know, I feel like that there needs to be more um, emphasis on bringing the generations and bringing people up to understanding, you know, what these different ideas and these, these, these different topics are. Um, part I think particularly with consent. I think consent, when we were coming up, was just no means no. Mm. That's all I heard, yeah. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard anything different. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that, you know, I know now, but I didn't know growing up that, Consent is a fluid thing that it changes it over the change. course of yeah. the interaction that she can consent to some things and not consent to others. You can consent to some things mm -hmm. and not consent to others mm -hmm. that, you know, there needs to be check-ins, you know, to make sure this is okay. And it's that just okay, yeah. Consent, this one experience doesn't, you know, mean consent, you know, throughout that in many states, you know, you cannot give consent if alcohol is involved, you know. Um, I don't think that conversation's had at all in high schools, which mm -hmm. is a problem. I th it may be happening now, I think. I hope so. Um, with, with just media and kids being exposed to more, and especially with phones and technology and Snapchat, things I being sent. Because so. it's, it's, it's rampant. At least in our communities, I know it's rampant. Like, yeah. it's happening. So I think it's really important that, um, you know, those conversations happen more regularly. Um, I just feel like, you know, if... Mm -hmm. I just feel like if, if this is something that we can recognize as an issue, that it's also our responsibility to find ways to make sure that these things are being communicated to our youth. 
because they're going to kind of probably deal with even more than we had to deal with. Because like I mentioned, for me, having a computer at the crib was already access in itself. But at the same time, there's still were like parental blocks. Mm-hmm. And now youth are growing up with, you know, Snapchat, access to everything, access to everything. blocks mm-hmm. on what? You know what I mean? It's not like you get a phone and it, don't, it have limited access. Like they have access to the world wide web in yeah. their pockets. And even now, like you can send videos and it disappears. So now you like, cool, I can do something. Probably not right, but ain't nobody gonna know. Nobody's gonna find out. Yep. Bro, shout out to Instagram for allowing me to unsend messages. My God. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because to a brother that, that used to exercise his thirst, you know, for many years when, when social media was just introduced and now I'm meeting people, it's dope to like, you know, be able to delete that message that said, hey, girl, you fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So shout out to, to IG for that. I think I, mean, I know some people don't appreciate it. I hate it, the fact that they notify people that you're a racist. Yeah. I'm the, I, just, I love the fact that I didn't say nothing that like crazy, crazy reckless. Yeah, well you got but the really fact that it. I've even like, you know, just hit, just drop whatever line. It's just dope to erase yeah. it. So if I ever meet this person or when I do, it's just fresh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean? There's no background history. There's no history of it. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think this is an ongoing conversation. I'm glad yeah, we were able sure. to really just chop about it. Um, I just feel like for me, I'm at a point where um, kind of talked about earlier, like and how I feel I'm more at peace, which is being more aware of where I am and the things I want to have in my life and things that I think are impacting me in a negative manner. Um, taking more more interest in, in realizing why, why porn? Um, why am I hitting up the women that I hit up? You know what I'm saying? What am I ultimately looking to achieve? Am I looking for companionship? Am I feeling what are we talking about? We talked about it's a. It's a uh, we talked about this like last week, I think. Like, it was it defining the relationship or? Oh, you know um, what I'm saying? No, I don't. I no, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember how to articulate. I know what you're talking about. Um, you know what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. But, but yeah, just knowing the the role, knowing the role, and knowing why I do the things I do. Like for me, that's that's louder than ever. Um, because it's so easy to look at and point the finger at other people in my life and like things that they're doing and things they don't understand. But it's more important for me at this point to be more aware of my role in certain situations, you know, because I remember reading something that talked about, you know, often we want our environments to change and our circumstances to change. But realistically, it's our perspective that's going to change mm-hmm. because when our perspective changes, we see our environments differently. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's the bar for me. You spoke to that recently about how, like, even now that, like, your friends are being more, have become more aware of the podcast, you know, the conversations that are had around you are a little bit different. Because they, they, they know more about, you know, what you're about, where you come from. And, you know, they want to engage in that kind of dialogue more, much more so. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I was just at work a couple of days ago. Yeah. And uh, so we so I work at the community college, and we have uh, the beginning of the year. We have, it's like spring. So all the students are on campus with classes. So we have these info booths set up around campus as, like, for help. Because a lot of students are new. They don't know where classes are. They don't know where to register. They have a lot of questions, so we set up around campus. I was assigned to be at one of the booths, way on the other side of campus, really far, and there's this woman there. She goes, hey, hey, like, nice to meet you, and I introduced myself, and we're sitting there, and I'm talking to one of my students who happened to walk up. I'm like, yo, man, how you doing? Like, what classes are you taking? Are you finding everything good? What's happening? And then she's talking to me, and she's like, she goes, you have a kid, right? And I look at her <laughs> like, I looked at her, she must be talking to yeah. one of my students. She ain't yeah. talking to me. She said, no, you. I'm like, no, I don't. She said, yes, you do. I'm like, no, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> ripping. She goes, I could have sworn you had a daughter. And I'm looking at her like, yeah. 
I'm shook. And she goes, um, <laughs> she goes, no, I could have sworn it was you. I listened to your podcast. I'm like, oh, no, that's the homie Tony. Like, <laughs> no, it's not me. And then later on, she said it again. No, you have a daughter. She still said it again. Yeah. You know, I thought that was so funny. But, you know, she listens to the podcast and, you know, she works there on campus. And I, I'm, I don't recall meeting her. You know what I mean? But in that moment, I remember talking to her on my DMs because she had commented about the podcast. But, like, that's just dope to be in these spaces. There's also a little sus to be in these spaces where people kind of hear a lot more about me and like, you know, situations and whatnot. But um, definitely, it's definitely shaping the environment, the people around me, the conversations that are being had. Because even her and I's exchange, it felt a lot more intentional than just a normal like, oh, we just work here. Hey, how are you? How long you been working here? And do you Mm. like it? Yes, cool. What are your plans? What's next? You know, this was a very more like intentional conversation that I feel. um, I want to fill my life with more. Yeah. So it's love. Hundred percent. Um, that's dope. No, I love this conversation. I know this is gonna be definitely something we we revisit. Um but yeah, I mean I would just I would just pose the question um to you all. Um, all the homies like I feel like it's important to sorry, I had a burp. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's important to to really understand the psychology behind why we do the things we do. And to ask yourself these questions, um, and to read stuff and and listen to stuff that that challenges you. It challenges you. Okay, I'm trying to make sure I'm saying that right. Um, and that's what I love about this podcast, man. That we're having this, this dialogue that you know people hit us up and, and tell us how they've been able to to think about different things, approach things differently, how they've even talked to their their partners, um, boyfriends or girlfriends about different things. Now, listen, I'm not I'm not trying to have y'all have no conversations or arguments, but Anyhow, it's dope that, that people are doing that. But I think it's important to really dissect, you know, what you're viewing, what you're listening to, and how all of this stuff is affecting you. And even to research and, like, look for things to, to, to try to understand it more. Like, you mean a homie just got this book. Um, what is it called? Digital Minimalism. Yes, Digital Minimalism. I'm so glad I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was stuck. But, yeah, just to kind of understand, like, I think – I don't think we should be passive in – the things that are happening around us. I think that we need to be more active and try to figure out, you know, how this world is affecting us and um, and have dialogue. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, if you guys have any thoughts, um, comments, anything about this, as usual, you know, hit us up. We'd love to continue this dialogue. And also, we're definitely gonna be re- revisiting this topic, I'm sure. So if there aren't there are any women that um, wanna have this conversation. Yes, please. Any of our homegirls. I just feel weird asking women to like hop on. Hey, do you, uh you watch pornography, watch pornography and you want to uh, come talk to me and my friend about it sometimes? Yeah. That just feels awkward to me. But so it's, it's definitely an important conversation yeah. to have, especially with women. Um, for sure, for sure. It's loud. It's loud. Yo, so this is Helping Homies Win, the podcast, Tools for Living a Generation. Please like, comment, share, subscribe, um, and all that stuff. And shout out to the homie Jamon hopping in on this convo. Um, it's great. Uh, so much understanding of why I feel the way I feel. Like, you think about 90% of why you feel is dealing with you inside you, not the other person. Yeah, yeah. Well, honey, now that's real. Peace. Peace out.